Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Dennis House, who is the president of the Denise DiCenzo Foundation. Among Dennis, many other things. How yes. are you, my friend? Welcome. Nice to see you nice here. Nice to see you. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for coming down. Thanks for coming down. Yeah, many other things besides the foundation, but we got a half hour, so we're going to get to all of it. Yeah, news guy at WTNH, News 8. That's right. That's right. We'll talk about that, too. So, Dennis, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became involved in journalism. So, ever since I was a little kid, I think this is what I wanted to do. And I remember that my brother and I and our friends in the neighborhood, when we were playing games in the yard, we'd pretend to be broadcasters, things like that. Okay. And uh, So, after, uh, after college, I took an internship at a station in Providence, and then I worked behind the scenes in New Hampshire on the assignment desk, and then yeah. I moved to Rockford, Illinois. Oh boy. And then uh, worked in Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Michigan, and then came to Connecticut uh, 30 years ago this summer. Oh wow. Yeah. Obviously you're married. Yes, married uh, to Kara Sunlin. Right. And uh, we have two kids, Helena and Julian, <clears throat> ages uh, 15 and almost 13. And I'm sure that's a challenge enough with mom and dad both in the news media. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> you know, we both um, are very blessed to have the careers that we have. Right. And it keeps us sort of up to date on parental issues. I always find it because I think I know more because we're reporting on some of the issues that face kids every day. So, right. um, so, I, I, so I enjoy that part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as far as I understand that you, you got promoted, so you're now working... Nights. Yeah, so I do the 6 o'clock news yep. and the 11 o'clock news on yeah. News 8, and then we have a sister station, WCTX, yep. so at 10 o'clock. So if you don't want, it's great for people who want to go to bed a little bit early. Right. Because for 11 o'clock, it's too late for some, but you can catch the news at 10 o'clock on WCTX. So I work with Ann Nyberg on all three yeah. shows. Absolutely. And then I anchor a show called This Week in Connecticut, oh. and that airs uh, Sunday mornings at 10. Speaking of This Week in Connecticut, you're going to be on it. Should we tell them now or should we tell them later? You can tell them the big no, news I'll now. Let you, I'll let you break the big news. So Pete is going to be on this Sunday. We're going to be telling the right. story about Pete Mazzetti and his milestone coming That's up. That's right. And for everybody who don't know what the milestone is, the milestone actually in July is show number 500. That's amazing. That's it remarkable. It is. It is. It is. It's a... A lot of fun, but it's also, it's a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun. Well, congratulations! Oh, I always well, believe you, you should really you, like what you do for a job because you oh, work a long time. If you're absolutely, blessed. absolutely. So, Dennis, tell us a little bit about exactly the Denise Desenzo Foundation and what you guys exactly do. So, the Denise Desenzo Foundation was created in memory of my dear friend and a longtime co-anchor, yeah. Denise Desenzo, who passed away in December of 2019 suddenly. Yes. And we used to talk about what we would do after television. And one of the things that she wanted to do was have a foundation. She said, I'd like to be able to be in a position where I could raise money and then give it to worthy causes to help people to make their lives better. And sadly, she's not here, obviously, um, to, uh, to see this to fruition. But her husband, daughter, and I, along with Kara, who's yep. also on the board sure. of the Denise Senzel Foundation, created this organization which has raised thousands of dollars and we're in the process of just getting going and we've given out food share to hospitals things like that so yeah so it, it really is we're continuing her great work yeah and I actually saw the telethon that you guys did recently uh, that was uh, yeah the all sorts of great fundraising opportunities there um, in terms of we have a golf tournament coming up yeah we had a walk we have a gala that's right uh, next year so that's gonna be a lot of fun 
And when's the golf tournament? The golf tournament is in September. Okay. It's at the, the Weathersfield uh, Country Club. If you want to take part in the Denise DeSenzel Foundation, you can follow me on any of my social media venues, uh, Dennis House TV on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And also the Denise DeSenzel Foundation is on those as well and has a website. Denise, it's called thedenisefoundation.org. And what types of information can they find, on, find out on the foundation website? Well, they can learn just about a uh, little bit about Denise. They can learn about us, the board members. They can learn about some of the events coming up. And as I said, it was uh, so, you know, Denise died in December of 2019. The pandemic began in March of 2020. Right. So really, there was a, a quick turnaround uh, before the world came to an end. And so the foundation was uh, not on pause, but it was not in a position to be out there having events and raising money during the foundation. We did raise a little bit. Okay. Um, but because no one was doing anything, we couldn't really have events. So this is the first year we've really been able to have events. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now, as far as, and especially in this day and age, TV media and TV and newspapers and everything, how do you think things are going with as far as media from the TV and the newspaper side to digital and where they are now? That's a great question, Pete. You know, I've been in this business uh, for more than 30 years, 30 years in Connecticut come August, and okay. I have seen a lot of changes. So right. when I started uh, my first job, we basically, uh, when I was an intern in 88, we, we had like a computer that a bunch of us <coughs> shared, right? Mm -hmm. We still used uh, scripts, like yeah. a typewriter, and we would type them, and then we would uh, rip up the carbons, and each person got a copy, and you had a the producer had one, the director had one, really? both anchors. It was really... Yeah, I remember they, they were different colors. So someone got blue, someone got pink and yeah. uh, green. And uh, that's how it was. And we had to make a lot of phone calls to find information. So for example, let's say that um, tips have been around forever, right? We would yep. get a tip from a viewer. Hey, there's a fire on Main Street. Yeah, right. And then we would call the fire department to find out. Well, now you, we would just see it on Twitter or Facebook. So social media came about, but so I've seen the advancement uh, when I first started uh, in this business, there were no cell phones, right? No. We, had, we had beepers, right? Right. And then uh, in the 90s, we had cell phones that came in like a bag and you were assigned, mm -hmm. this crew's gonna take this Absolutely. cell phone and this one's gonna take that one. And, um, and then over time, of course, that, you know, that developed. In the 90s, we got uh, the internet. Yep. And so that changed a lot of things and then social media came on. And now it's, a lot of people, they want news right on their phone and they can get it. They can right. watch, you can watch uh, WTNH, by the way, no phone should be without the WTNH app. So get right. that. Exactly. Because, well, it's important in many ways because not only can you just watch news whenever you want, mm -hmm. but let's say that you lose power and it's a very, uh, let's say there are tornado watches and yeah. warnings that day. You're going to want to know what's going on in your Absolutely. town. Absolutely. And if you lose the power, you can at least watch on the phone, <coughs> providing your phone is charged. Yeah, right. <laughs> And you can also watch Gil Simmons. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> Gil's amazing. We work with a really great bunch of people there. Absolutely, so. absolutely. But Gil's one of them. No, yeah, absolutely. Now, in your opinion, how important is it to for like public access and small town, small town media? I think it's very important. And I'll tell you, one of my uh, oldest friends from elementary school, Jack Tolman, who uh, is uh, runs the cable access in my hometown of Norwood, Massachusetts. Okay. He, he's a great <laughs> font of information because he knows everything about the town. And you know, it, it's so important because for instance, you're gonna cover the people who are important to your viewers and right. that's really important. Absolutely. And if you go on a larger level statewide, 
perhaps some of the bigger TV stations, these people might not be interviewed all the time. So mm -hmm. cable access is so, so important. I'm a big fan of it. Oh. Um, I've learned a lot from it. I like to watch certain programs. And I'm just so honored to be a guest. I was going to say, hopefully, Pete Mazzetti. Yeah, well, I mean, your program is amazing. Look at the people <laughs> oh, you've you. on over the years. Thank and we're going to talk about that in This Week in Connecticut yeah, coming up uh, on Sunday. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, as far as the news industry goes and all of their horrific things going on in the world, I'm sure that's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty tough. Yes, um, so we've covered a lot of really horrible news yeah. Oh, yeah. over the years, over my career, and uh, I, I look back and there's been a lot of sadness. I remember my first year in Connecticut on Christmas Day, mm -hmm. you know, I walked in, I think I had like a, a green shirt and a red tie, and I was looking forward to a fun little Christmas story, and they said three people were killed on I-95, oh, and you need to go to their house, which... Um, I'm going to confess this now to my news director at the time, probably won't be watching, but <laughs> I didn't go to the house. I, w I was not going to knock on that door on Christmas Day. No. I just wasn't going to do it, no. and so I didn't. No, um, so we said no one was home. <laughs> but yeah, right. I just, you know, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in really just, uh, you know, just prying into someone's life. Um, ha having said that, though, yeah. I, I do believe that there's a more polite way to reach out to people. Oh, of course. A and, and I learned this because I covered uh, the death of someone, I believe it was uh, in Ansonia, in the Naugatuck Valley, mm -hmm. in the early 1990s. And so this, this uh, young man had died, and we needed a picture of him. So I went to the town library, okay. and I took his yearbook picture. We, we got a shot of his yearbook picture. And the next day, his mom called me up and said, you know, he always hated that picture. I wish you'd come to the door. I would have given you a better one. So you never really know. And everybody grieves differently. And right. so when there's a, our job is to tell the stories of people. Right. And so if we can uh, lend some sort of um, information about a person who has, has died, then that, I, I think, not only benefits that person, um, to a point. For instance, if you go to someone's neighborhood, right? and where the person died and some neighbor wants to be on TV. Oh yeah, yeah I didn't, you know, he was a good kid. I didn't really know him. Um, yeah. And those to me don't really give any value. But, no, of course not. Um, but I think there's a polite way to reach out to someone connected with the family because they may want to say something. They may want to provide a picture. They may want to help you out. Right, exactly. Now, how did the idea of This Week in Connecticut come about with Channel 8? Because I know for a bunch of years you did a similar program on a different station. Yes, yes, I did the show. Which I watched all the time. Well, Face the State, yeah, I am very proud of the work we did on that program. And uh, so when I was hired by Channel 8, you know, they wanted me to do a Sunday morning show. Right. And we wanted it to be a little bit different. We didn't want it to be just like uh, my previous program because it's a kind of saturated field out there. It, it, it's a saturated genre, if you will. There, mm -hmm. there are a lot of half-hour political discussion shows out there. Yeah. So we decided to do something a little bit different. So um, I don't always do studio interviews. We do some, but I go out in the field and I will interview someone in their their natural habitat, so to okay. speak. Like, for instance, uh, here I am in your natural mm -hmm. habitat. There you go. And uh, so it, it, it makes the story a lot more authentic. And you learn more. Absolutely. Um, we do some business stories. We do some feature stories. We've broken a lot of news on that program as well. Mm -hmm. And we do political interviews as well. So uh, This Week in Connecticut, the name came from This Week 
with George Stephanopoulos, yeah, which airs on WTNH um, right. uh, before that. So it goes this week with George Stephanopoulos and this week in Connecticut with Dennis House. So I, I enjoy it. I think we've, we've gotten a lot of really exclusive interviews and people like to come on the program. Cool. Would you mind sticking around for another segment? Absolutely. All right, well, we'll be right back. You matter. You matter. You matter. And your words matter too. Your words matter. What you say in the hallways at school or in the student section at a game matters. Words can be hurtful. Words can be offensive. Words can leave scars. Words can also inspire. Support and uplift. You and your words. Are they both important? As, As a matter of fact, yes. Community TV, your neighborhood TV. Publicly funded and a reliable partner for cable companies nationwide. It provides transparent coverage of local and state government, education, and public programming. A digital town green that can be watched anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Watch us on today's high-tech distribution methods. Community TV in Connecticut. Local. Unfiltered. Reliable. And, and yours. yours. Welcome, this week, welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti sitting here with Dennis House from News 8 and the Denise DiCenzo Foundation. Welcome back. Good to see you, Pete. Thanks, Thanks for, for having sticking me around, on. Dennis. Thanks of course. for sticking around. So, Dennis, we were talking about in the first segment this week in Connecticut, who are some of the faces that you've had the pleasure to interview in the, in, since the program started? So we've had some CEOs. I think it was fascinating. Jim Laurie of Stanley Black & Decker, one of Connecticut's biggest companies. Okay. And we, he took us to a factory which makes tape measures. And I forget the exact number, if it's 37 million or three and a half million, but they make a lot of tape measures yeah. in New Britain. And they go all over the world and they were there being printed in uh, different languages. Oh, wow. It was really, really cool. And just how they make it and the special yellow paint that goes on it. Yeah. And so that was a lot of fun. And he basically told us a lot about that company. Uh, Raquel Rivera, who is a high ranking executive and uh, one of the highest ranking Latinas in uh, corporate America, really, in many ways. Okay. Uh, she works for Pratt & Whitney, the engine maker. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, things like uh, Corey Myers, who is a DJ. Yeah, um, from She from had a near-death experience. Yep. Uh, we had Christine Lee on another DJ who um, took her wig off. She's suffering from cancer. That's right. And she uh, is also battling lupus. The cancer's in remission, thankfully, but the lupus oh, will stay with her. We, we've interviewed people in, um, in Hartford's North End, which is a neighborhood which has had a lot of crime. And we interviewed Reggie Hales, who's the publisher of a longtime newspaper. It's been there for 50 years and just all the things he has seen. Uh, our, probably our biggest guest we had uh, was, well, there, there were two, but uh, first, uh, the vice president, Kamala Harris. Oh, wow, that's right. Uh, yeah. No, this was before oh. that. She came to New Haven. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I was selected to be the the anchor who would interview her and so that was kind of fun we had her on the program cool um, I also I had worked on this for years so there was a mobster who was involved in the big art heist Robert Gentile yeah uh, the art heist took place at the Isabella Gardner Stewart Museum in Boston and he was from Manchester the dig of his house looking for the you know the paintings which they never found and so for years I wanted to interview him and I would put in requests and no 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 and then I started a channel 8 I think I'd been there like three weeks and I got a call saying, hey, Robert Gentile wants to have, meet with you. I said, okay, I told my bosses, I said, I think I might be getting this interview, can I go meet with him? So I did, and uh, we agreed to the interview. He told me his wife had passed away and that I was her favorite news anchor. 
There and you go. So he, that's why, uh, that's there, why there he go. chose me. And so we sat down, we did an interview, and he, he didn't really reveal much. Right. He has since passed away, but he was the, it was his first television interview ever, his only one. Oh, wow. um, and we and we got him, so we're pretty proud of that. Cool. Yeah. So you know, I I think that I always look for interesting stories. I think every single person has a story to tell. Absolutely. And you just have to sort of uh, go beyond it and find out. And if you talk to people for a few minutes, you'll find out. Like for instance, I don't know the. You know, when I go food shopping, you know, I try to. <laughs> right. Sometimes the cashier or something. I, you know, one woman I know, her, her her daughter was murdered. Another one has a special needs adult son that she still takes care of. So, the, you know, everyone's got a story to tell. Absolutely. And I'm sure when you go grocery shopping, people will recognize you off the bat. But you know, I, <laughs> so so I don't. Um, that doesn't bother me at all. No, me either. I like to meet people. Well, you know Absolutely. what it's like. You know, oh, you're yeah. the local celebrity. I like to. Um, to talk to people and so uh, people come up and say hi and the whole bit and uh, there are some times when it's just this one morning I was at breakfast before I was going to play golf this was years ago with some friends of mine and this guy came up and he he sat at my table and he said listen I, I, I need to talk to you about something this story I have I said well so I'm in the middle of like a breakfast it's not yeah. really and I gave him uh, my number and he called me back but um, th so you know it's it's hey we wouldn't be employed if people didn't watch us right exactly Exactly. So I and, and I believe I look at my job sort of as a public servant. Right. Um, we I serve the people of Connecticut. I bring them the news and I help them with a problem if they have one. And I've been a lot of viewers have reached out to me over the years and said, "Hey, can you help me with this?" And I I, I try to help when I can. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, obviously, with the new show, I think things things are going great. But you get you I actually saw you and you did a really nice job. Convention weekend. Thank you very much. You did Thank a you. really nice job. Convention weekend. Thank you I very was much. Able to see what I watched on all the different all all weekend. It's like yeah, I okay, mean there he is again. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we were at the um, Foxwoods Casino, yep. the Republican convention, sure. and we got to talk to some of the people there, the endorsed candidates and some of the other candidates. And I've always looked. Sometimes you have to go where the news is. And over the years, I've been blessed to be sent on some assignments. TV stations don't do this as much as they used to, but in the 90s, I went to the O.J. Simpson trial, and wow. I went to an inauguration, and I went to uh, the Florida wildfires. I went to the Pope's funeral. I went to Rome for another story. So these are this is what we do. I was at 9-11 for almost three weeks. Yeah. So what you do, to bring the story home, you have to sometimes go to the story. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure 9/11 that had to be an experience that you're never going to forget. Yes, I was. Th this was. I wasn't married at the time and didn't have any kids, so I kind of woke up whenever I woke up, right? Yeah, right. And uh, so I got a call from Kara, and she was out uh, on a story, and she said, "You need to turn the TV on." So I saw the second plane hit, and yeah. then I instantly took a shower, got ready because I knew I would, I would be sent down there. And I packed a bag for three days. Yeah. Um, three days is fine. You know, you can always like wash the shirt or <laughs> exactly. do something and a bunch of ties. And so I went down there and I ended up being there, as I said, for almost three weeks. But uh. Uh, we, you know, that was such an impactful story, obviously for the nation and the world, but here in Connecticut too, I believe, um, I don't want to get this number wrong, but uh, at least 160 people who either from Connecticut or with ties to Connecticut mm -hmm. were killed in the World Trade Center. And this was also the second time that it had been attacked because I was at the first attack in 93. That's right. I was sent down there. They just said, oh, get down there and do some live sh hits for the evening news. And I ended up being there for three days. So, um, And so many people 
police in the southwestern part of the state do commute into Manhattan. So it was an important story. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure it's really important to you to get out and support the local community, not only when you're working, but you can also get out and support the local community, community when you're out in the community. So I like to do that. I do a lot of events for, ch if a charity asks me to MC their event or mm -hmm. come by their event or something like that, I do always try to do it. Right. Uh, you know, obviously have a family and you know, I have those requirements and you know, you know those uh, responsibilities. But if, if I can help a charity out, and I've done many of them, and it's really a lot of fun, I enjoy going to these events to help raise money for a cause. Yep. Um, I, I also just like to maybe, um, so I'm really into like landmarks. Okay. So like if, if I can, uh, like a landmark business, someone's, I, I'm fascinated by something that has survived like a hundred and something years. Exactly. Or 50 years. Right. And so I will choose that restaurant over the chain. Right, absolutely. Uh, if I'm going out to eat, because that has an interesting story. How does this happen? How does exactly. someone still run the business that their great-grandfather created? Exactly, exactly. Now, as far as the, back to the, back to the foundation, as far as the foundation goes, and if people want to, they can, if people want to make a donation, how can they can go on the website and everything? Sure, goes. they can go on the website, okay. and it's the Denise Foundation. Okay. Dot com and dot org. I believe we have both now. Okay. And you can uh, make a donation. It's very easy to do, and we encourage you to do so. Um, Denise was a great person, and her and her legacy continues on. Absolutely, and I'm sure for because you guys, you and Denise worked so many years together. We. Uh, what was she like? I, nev she I never had a chance to meet her. So she was funny. Okay. Um, she was caring, and we really did have a lot of fun together. So I met her when I started there uh, in 92, and then we became co-anchors in 94. Okay. Uh, somebody once said that, you know, we got a call from some student researcher in North Carolina, I remember once, and uh, this was probably about five years ago, and she was doing her thesis on, on news anchor pairings, and she said that, uh, we were the longest, or one of the longest serving in the country, um, the, Denise Desen the Denise and Dennis team. Yeah. And so that was interesting. She had all this, you know, these numbers and uh, she had been looking around. So it's rare to have right. a co-anchor for that long. And uh, so, but she was great. She was a lot of fun. She was like a sister to me. She had no brothers. I have no sisters. There you go. So we had some great conversations so and uh, some uh, sad conversations, some happy conversations, but we tried to have fun. Yeah. We tried to always have fun whenever you, you know, you have to wait for the book for, uh, for the, some of the fun stuff. <laughs> what book? I'm just kidding. No. I was maybe say. someday I'll write yeah, a book. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but, uh, maybe yeah, someday. I mean, there's so many great stories to tell, but she was a lot of fun. Speaking of stories to tell and wonderful people, I recently saw Bruce DePriest retired. He did retire. What yeah. was he like? So Bruce was a he great guy. Nice. Um, I have been blessed, by the way, just to yeah. say that I, I worked with some really amazing people. Absolutely. Bruce is one of them, just retired, and uh, he was really, um, he's older than Denise, and he was heartbroken over her death. Oh, yeah. And, and I think shocked, as we, as we all were, and so I think he started to look at his life and say, you know, um, you know, uh, so he put the retirement into the plan, and so that's what happened with him. I work with Joe Fury now. Yep. It was amazing. Yep. Joe Fury and Absolutely. I actually did the morning news together back in the early 90s. And yes, at my previous employer. And um, then he moved on. And uh, that was early 90s. I was there when he met his wife, who, who works there. 
and let's see who else. Um, you know, Gil Simmons. I worked. You know, I work with now. Yeah. And so they're, they're really some amazing people. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and and that, I don't want to leave anyone out. Yeah. No. Iberg, my co-anchor, is amazing. Uh, over the years, I've worked with some pretty amazing women. Um, you know, Denise. I had uh, Mika Brzezinski. You sure? Absolutely. Uh, was one of my co-anchors. Um, also, Gail King. That's that's right. Yeah, and sure. Janet Peckinpah. So that's but right. Janet was brief, but uh, but she was great. And uh, so I've I've worked with a lot of great people. I was gonna say, and we got to shout out one more. Darren Kramer. Darren Kramer. We got Darren is amazing. So Darren and I, because we, we we've get, actually anchored together. Because if we don't get that one involved, we're both going to get in yeah, trouble. Yeah. No, uh, no. Darren, who is I know a viewer of yours. Absolutely. Uh, Darren's great. He and I. Um, uh, we're pod mates. We sit like two. We're separated by Bill Hall, whom you know. Oh, and, uh, oh boy. But Darren and I have actually anchored together a couple times when I first got here. They don't do the two men thing all that often. No. But because it's sort of like a throwback to the way it used to be like in the 70s and <laughs> right. 80s and all that. With, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, Huntley Brinkley and uh, Howard K. Smith and Harry Reasoner. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Darren's a great guy. And, and a, a, a small little Darren Kramer factoid. So Darren's from a small town yes. in Wisconsin, Peshtigo, Wisconsin, which okay. he'll tell you about. It's not a place that, like, you know, most people have ever been to, but I actually had been there. And I took this weird picture back in the 80s when I was passing through. One of my college roommates was from, uh, his family was from Menominee, Michigan, and Marinette, Wisconsin, which is right near Peshtigo. Okay. So on the way back uh, to Chicago or wherever we were going, uh, we stopped and took a picture with a big, giant cow. This cow was, was gigantic. <laughs> okay. And so I, I held on to this picture all the time in Peshtigo. And I showed it to Darren, and uh, he's like, that was my grandfather's cow. That was my grandfather's fiberglass cow. His grandfather was the mayor of Peshtigo wow. and brought in this giant cow, uh, which has since been sold and moved. It's not in Peshtigo anymore. It's okay. somewhere around the country. But um, so anyway. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. So if people want more information, want to follow Dennis House, where can they go? So uh, Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Dennis House TV. Twitter, Dennis House TV, and of course you can always email me at the station at dennis.house at wtnh.com. Dennis House, ready. thanks for some time. Pete, it was a pleasure. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. A great honor to be here. Thank you, you so it. much. Thanks, Dennis. On behalf of Dennis House, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks, good night, and we'll see you next time.